Welcome to this episode with Enrique Simonati. Sort of got that right. We're going to say it's good enough. You go to the regular episode, we'll do, we'll nail it there. Bonus episode, we're talking about closing the gap between knowing what you're supposed to do and actually doing it. Uh, so dive in. This is a new keynote for you that you've been bringing to corporations. And I think it's so important for people that we all know what we're supposed to do oftentimes. What's stopping us? How do we close the gap? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we all know that situation, like you say, in the corporate world, but the, the easiest example is just we know that we have to work out to have a good body shape and be fit. But how many of us are actually doing it? How many of us have signed up for the gym and then we went there for a month or a week or once? <laughs> I did that twice in my life. And I was really wondering what is going on and why is that not happening? And actually, when we want to do something, well, we need to know what we need to do. We take decisions, what we could do, what action we take. But what is missing in between is that we need to build on our emotions to get us into action mode. Because every single action is triggered by an emotion. And it, this sounds maybe odd, but even the decision what you will have for lunch is triggered by an emotion. If it's not your favorite lunch, you might not feel that emotion consciously. <laughs> it's a subtle emotion. But it turned out that uh, studies have shown that people who have no emotions anymore, who, who cannot feel anything anymore, cannot take the simplest decisions in life anymore. So there is a connection, a very clear one between emotions and actions. Mm -hmm. And when we know that this is what I have to do to achieve my goal, then we deliver to ourselves a lot of rational arguments. Because we believe, and I think it's an illusion, I can imagine you agree with me, that we are rational people. Yeah, logical people, we can steer our lives and so on. Total illusion. But we think that. So we give ourselves more rational arguments why we should go there. And the thing is that most of these arguments are not compelling to our heart because they're just logical. They don't, they don't trigger an emotion that is an intrinsic motivator for us. They trigger actually nothing, nothing but, again, more knowing why you should do it. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's all about this emotional part. Yeah, I I, uh, I have a sign on the back of my whiteboard here that says less theory, more practice. And what you're talking about is getting to the heart of the matter, the emotions, and really being able to practice. Uh, I think it's fascinating what you said about people that can't feel are can't can't make take action. People that can't, are not in touch with their emotions feel paralyzed. So fascinating because I know people that struggle with being attached to their feel or knowing their feelings that they're so detached from their own emotions and they are, they're very stuck. Yeah. I can imagine that, that because you have no, if you have no connection to yourself, how can you know what you will do next? Mm -hmm. I, I didn't do that study. Obviously I'm not a scientist. It was done by Antonio Damasio for someone who wants to look that up. It's really interesting. And he, he was working with people who had brain damage in the areas where they, or we, where we think that our brain has the emotions, they had no emotions anymore and they could not take decisions. So it's really interesting. So it came out a bit like a side effect of this study that people without emotions cannot take actions because they cannot make any decisions. And so the heart is much more involved than than we think. We we don't feel that very often. Obviously, when we are triggered by like anger or extreme joy or love or these great emotions, yeah, then we realize that. 
But most of the time we aren't. All day long we take many decisions, we procrastinate on I don't know how many things. If you count, it's it's really wow, it's a shock, yeah. How many things yeah. we procrastinate, even just for one hour sometimes. But as soon as we do that, we tell ourselves that we're not reliable. So it's important to mm-hmm. better master this chain of knowing then feeling something and then actually doing something and to get hold of this feeling part because it's very very subconscious most of the time and it's important to understand when you're procrastinating on an action where you know i have to do that for example in the corporate life you're sitting there you know you have to drop this email finally to a new team or a new project team to get things going and you wanted to do it yesterday you still don't do it today why don't you why actually don't you do it today and it doesn't help you to tell you i have to do it because if i don't then this project will run out of time and whatever it doesn't help you. It, it doesn't create that emotion. It creates the wrong emotion. So think about what is going on inside of you. Maybe you're held back by an emotion like, I don't know, fear of failure, fear of judgment of that team because you were promoted to lead that team and you don't feel comfortable with that. Yet what is actually really going on in your heart when you procrastinate on some of these actions that are crucial to move towards your goals? What is going on? And then only you can change towards something that is more productive or more constructive for for your goals, because then you can say, aha, that's why I actually think that they might judge me. That's what a weird thought, (laughs) for example. And you judge yourself again by thinking that, but doesn't really matter. What matters is that you you enable yourself to take a more conscious decision about how you want to feel about that one and what is in it for you. If you do this famous email, launch these meetings, because there are things in there for you. Maybe you love the visibility. Maybe you love that you can create something in this project, something you will look forward to. And where you know, as soon as I send this email, I start the process. So that is something you can connect to. And you need to find these little triggers. Ask yourself what's in it for you. It's it's a marketing question. Actually, you do some marketing for yourself, <laughs> for your own decisions. Marketing for yourself. So you're selling yourself into the into whatever it is that you're going to do. Brilliant. Love that. You know, this uh, idea of appealing to the heart for intrinsic. I talk all the time to clients about so we have 40,000 neurons in our heart. We have a brain in our heart that independently thinks, feels, and remembers. If we transplant our heart into someone else, that person will have taste buds change. They will have memories of the previous person. Their hobbies and interests will change. That is how powerful the heart brain is. And it is unconscious because the heart brain doesn't write stories. That's the head brain. The head brain's writing the stories for us. So appealing to the heart really appeals to me. I talk about that all the time with my clients. A soul stirred to action does not procrastinate. A soul that's stirred is uh, excitedly running towards the finish line. And procrastination is a stress reliever. Mm -hmm. So, and right. So of course we're feeling stressed if we're trying to ignore emotions that we're not aware of. So how do you close the gap of feeling those emotions and then taking that and moving into action? It's what I said before, it's about finding out what is going on and changing the script. You need to change the script really. And first of all, you need to understand your basic motivators. It's quite interesting to start from that, especially for people who are more structured I usually work with um, motivators of the limbic brain. So very intuitive motivators, dominance, stimulants, balance, harmony. 
I uh, don't know if the audience ever heard of that, but it's- Oh, uh, I use scarf. I, I like that. Dominance, say it again. Dom dominance, stimulance, balance, and harmony. It's very close to the DISC model as well. But it's not exactly the same. So it, it, it goes along these big lines. It's really about understanding if I'm a dominance person, for example, or mainly, you I mean, are not stereotyping totally, but you have these traits. If this is a very important trait in me, I'm very result oriented. I love to achieve something concrete. I also love status, power, visibility, yeah. and these kinds of Scar things. So scarf, S is status. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then you have a stimulants. That's all the people who love something new. So you will you will feel well when you create something. You can be innovative, think out of the box, but get new things very regularly. So if you want to motivate yourself for for a project that you find a bit boring, this will be difficult if you're a stimulants person. You will procrastinate all the time, all the time. Yeah. So you need to find something new in there, something where you can have a little spark of creativity, something like that, for example. If you're a balanced person, then you need stability and safety. And you're a very reliable person as well, very detail-oriented. So if you are suddenly becoming the leader of a change project, this will be a huge challenge. So because you hate change, <laughs> that means for sure you will not be keen on starting the project because you feel so uncomfortable with it. But understanding, okay, I feel uncomfortable with that project because I feel uncomfortable with change. That's a fact so far. Okay, so good. What can I do to motivate myself for it? Well, maybe I have the power as a project leader to find some some stability anchors in there, which I can create within the project. Maybe I launch something like other people that are a bit like-minded, who are a bit fearing this instability as well. How can we create some milestones, which are hooks for us? How can we create whatever stability in the process? So find something that's motivating for you. And for how many people, it's all about people. They love other people. They love to be empathetic. They love uh, to think about birthdays of others. And there's the social aspect that is very important. So oftentimes in the corporate world, we don't think about these dimensions. We get the dimension from our boss, from the senior leadership, what we have to achieve. This is the project. This is the goal. And now go there and shape sub goals with your teams or for yourself. And we then just think very rationally about that. Whereas I think we need to think what really keeps, what makes our heart sing in here. And that's probably not at all the same thing than for the organization. But at the end, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you are able to make then the steps that you need to do to achieve the desired results, your, your own results, but also those of the organizations. It's finding this blend, but allow yourself to find something what your boss hasn't told you to do, where you think this is a cool thing in there. I love to create that. I will create that for myself, for keeping my own motivation up and for getting into action mode and for delivering also what I'm supposed to deliver. <laughs> so it's, it's really about knowing yourself. I love that you and talk about the limbic system, because for me, this is, um, I call it the value system of the brain. And um, Dr. David Rock of the Neuro Leadership Institute has his SCARF model, which aligns very much with this status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. Those are the five areas that will push people into uh, fight, flight, freeze, and so I, I encourage people to put a scarf around their brain when they're receiving this, right? When they're receiving information. And so what I hear in that is certainty uh, is a big driver. Either we hate it or we like it. <laughs> and I find this often in coaching as well, where 
uh, autonomy, you know, we may like autonomy, but if we also like certainty, we need to have certainty that we can be successful if you're going to give us something that's autonomous. So helping people walk through and really understanding that every brain is designed this way. Yours is unique in, in how you have shaped it. For me, certainty is very low. I love the new projects, so that would get me excited. Um, but I also love status, which means I need to be certain that I'm going to win because I like to win. And so understanding, you know, what might trigger my emotions around something, it's that is where we, I love that that's where you're going to uncover the root cause. And that's what coaches can do. We can provide space to process, uncover what is the root cause. And because you know, the limbic system, we uncover that very quickly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> True that I know, I know many people when I start this who say, ah, yeah, I'm a mixed type. I'm kind of all of it. And we are all, all of it. Indeed. We all but, have the brain. <laughs> exactly. But we all have a wiring and we cannot really change that very basic wiring. If you're a strong dominance person, you will never become a strong harmony person, but you will manage it differently and you will put it into action in a different way or in service even of other people, even if you are a dominance person, which we often see as well, the bulldozers who just want to achieve their goals, which is not really true but i think people need help with that in the sense that it's much easier if someone asks you questions and listens to you and it's it's very obvious because in terms of what words they apply what's really important to them what they really want to be or have then you can see uh okay you think you are a stimulant or harmony strong but you speak only about dominance traits <laughs> and people cannot always hear it themselves so it's helpful to yeah. have a coach yeah. And sometimes you get the dichotomy like myself, where I am a hyperachiever and a people pleaser. And uh, I will always side for the dominance. So to your point, we have a, a preference for which one we'll pick up. I will always prefer to achieve um, and clean up whatever people mess that I made along the way. <laughs> uh, but I mean, th that's a tough one for a motivator of something that perhaps I know I might really achieve, but I'm really worried about whether or not people will like me as a result of doing it. But just simply noticing that as a way for me to realize, okay, that's, there is my procrastination. And now mm -hmm. uh, who, and then I love my next question for my clients, because I don't go into their corporate and talk to their bosses and their, and their colleagues is, what person, if you're a, if you're high in the harmony, what person or what people do you want to bring along for this? What do they what do they need to know? If you're a dominance person, you know, getting to, you know, what uh, what be what do you want to achieve? That's exciting about bringing other people along that create certainty for them, and those that don't like it can run with it. I think to your point as well is everyone is different, so you have an entire team, and if you think everyone's brain is like yours, which we're all guilty of. <laughs> Then you're like, why isn't this person motivated and inspired? We did all these things. So knowing your brain, knowing yourself, um, great start to closing that gap. I What makes your heart sing? I love that. What makes your heart sing? As we wrap up our bonus episode, we'll end it with that. What makes your heart sing? Uh, I love to inspire people. I would say that's, that's the thing. That's where I'm in the flow when I can feel that my own passion for a topic can come across and where I can see that in the eyes of others, there's a light going up where they think, Oh my God. Yeah. I will apply that to my life. That makes my heart sing. That's for me the greatest motivation that I can get when I'm nervous, for example, to get on stage or to speak. And uh, that's, that's then the motivator where it's like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. I love that. So make sure you head over to hear our full episode with Enrique Simon. Say it for me again. Seminati. 
Seminati, uh, hear a whole bonus episode about how a woman becomes a coach and all of the exciting things in communication, confidence in the workplace, all of the stuff that good coaches bring, we're going to hear in that full episode. So uh, head over and listen to the rest.